Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So I just wanted to kind of get on quickly really and uh, get a a bit of an episode recorded because there's been so many things going on over this last couple of days. All kinds of crazy exciting developments in the UFO world. So I wanted to just go through it while it's fresh in my mind. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to put this episode out but we'll, we'll figure that out once I've recorded the thing eh. But yeah, it's safe to say it's been pretty eventful. Uh, UFO Twitter's been blowing up, there's been all kinds of things happening. So yeah, let's get into the events of the last few days, eh? So first of all, uh, Louis Elizondo has been on his travels and he's been in Italy, in uh, San Marino, which is apparently a beautiful place and I now really want to visit it. <laughs> Lou speaks very, very highly of it, as does um, Max Moscovich, who he's with out there, I believe. And apparently there are some kind of UFO symposium and uh, I'm not exactly too sure exactly the specifics of what's been going on there, really. Um, it's all a bit secretive. Lou himself hasn't actually been tweeting. He's just been appearing on Max's uh, live stream and, and kind of talking in, in some quite cryptic details. But apparently there's loads of things going on. I, I get the impression that Lou's mentioned a lot in interviews recently that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And this is kind of the culmination of some of those efforts and perhaps some of the other things that we're going to discuss today are also the culmination of some of the efforts that have been going on behind the scenes so Lou apparently out there in San Marino has had some meetings with some high up individuals and uh, some pilots and also I think he mentioned at one stage a scientist a researcher who's high up within government but he didn't mention exactly which government uh, but I get the impression it's probably a European government. So I think they're out, out there in Italy and, and Max was saying, dropping some hints along the lines of um, it's somewhere very close to where the, the, the thing that they're at, it, at is taking place. So I would imagine that that must be a European country quite close to Italy. So, and yeah, I would definitely recommend, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the, the events that have been going on with Lou there because a lot of it's not really been fully announced yet and it's not that clear but if you want to kind of get a a bit of an idea of what's going on in a bit more detail uh, go to max moscovich youtube channel and he's got the live streams that he's done he did one yesterday uh, which is about an hour answering some questions and things like that and um also uh, joe mergia that uh, the what's he what's he the ufo joe on uh, twitter um he's done a transcript of some of the highlights of these meetings as well so if you want to check that out that's a good way to uh to, to kind of get a summary of what's been going on some some quite interesting conversations and things uh usual luel zondo type of stuff where he doesn't really say anything specifically but he, he you know he's very good at sort of nudging people in the right direction with a few hints so one of the things that was really interesting was there's been some talk of, of an app um, I think that's in development at the moment and this is one of the things I think that's been going on behind the scenes that's been being developed um, and Lou uh, talked about an app which has got some kind of built-in AI, built-in algorithm type thing which can actually detect and validate whether or not what you're seeing is in fact a UFO or there's, there's some kind of other explanation for it. Um, 
which is really interesting. I mean, it's something I've been trying to do a lot recently over the last, you know, over the last year, really, I suppose. But, um, you know, especially in the last few months is, is actually go out and, and look at the skies and, and really try and find something anomalous. And the thing is that's amazed me, I mean, I've always been interested in the stars and stuff, but when you're really standing there for an hour and, you, you know, you, you're actually trying to record things with your phone and whatnot... It's, it's amazing to me how many things are actually flying around in the sky at any one time. You know, we've, you've got planes, you've got satellites, you've got shooting stars, you know, there's all kinds of things going on, uh, weird clouds, you name it. And uh, when you add into that as well, you've also got drones, you've also got things like lens flare. And I've noticed some really unusual things, um, well, some, some usual things, just day-to-day -day objects like satellites, can look very, very strange if you zoom in you're not really uh, got the correct settings on on, on your on your iPhone. I've got a, an iPhone 12 Pro Max, which I got it specifically because it's got the best camera and it's got fantastic zoom functions and all the rest of it. Um, so I wanted to take pictures of triangles in the sky and stuff, basically. Um, but yeah, even with that absolutely amazing camera, there's some very unusual things that can happen when you zoom in on very usual objects. So... I'm actually going to try and put a bit of an article together for a bit of a reference guide really as to things you can do to actually, you know, distinguish what you're looking at, you know, to find out if what you're looking at is a satellite that just looks pretty interesting or if it's actually something more. And essentially, you know, because of my interest in having tried to do that over the course of the last, you know, few months, it, it, it's such a great idea. I'd thought of it myself, but I don't have a clue how to develop an app or anything. But anyway, it sounds as though Lou and whoever he's working with there behind the scenes have been on that, and that is just a fantastic idea, and I can't wait to, to see um, you know, how it all works out. The question is really is who is developing this app, um, how accurate it's actually going to be, and things like that but obviously that's all going to become clearer as time goes along but obviously the problem is with an app like that is you know not to be negative because overall I'm, I'm really excited that that thing's happening and I'm sure it'll have been done really well otherwise you know Lou wouldn't be putting his name behind it like that but the problem is all it really needs is one misidentification that turns out to be you know, so let's say the the uh, the app says that it it's really interesting and it, it is anomalous, and then actually it turns out that it was you know a satellite or a bird or something like that. That kind of throws the seed of doubt in there about any of the other ones that have been classified as anomalous by the app. But anyway, I don't want to um, you know get into too much on on that. We'll have to see how it actually works out. But it sounds like a fantastic idea, and um, definitely, I, I definitely welcome it. I think it's a great way to go. And obviously, the whole thing about Lou Elizondo in San Marino, we'll probably see much clearer information coming out regarding what exactly took place there in the coming days and weeks and things like that. And obviously, I'll update that on the podcast as and when it happens. But, you know, it's just great to see Lou Elizondo smiling. I mean, the dude was happy. <laughs> when you see him on the uh, the live streams and stuff, he is, 
he's having a great time and that's always nice to see especially with the you know the, the hard work that that guy's put into this thing over the last couple of years and the, the grief that he's got off people and and you know the the personal sacrifices that he's made and add all that to the, the health concerns that he's had recently it's just great to see the guy in a good place having a nice time out there i'm sure he's enjoying the scenery and the food and all that kind of thing so yeah good for him it's nice to see lou elizondo doing well um so on to the next point then huge point and this was another thing that was actually um kind of like the news was sort of broken by lou elizondo and max on on one of their live streams but at the same time there was a couple of other articles coming out there was a great article in uap media uk uh, about this now i'm not very well up on u.s political processes so bear with me on this one but from what i understand this is basically what's taking place um so obviously being from the uk i'm not that familiar with how it all works with politics in america or even in the uk for that matter it's pretty complicated unless you're really into politics which i'm definitely not so as always if anyone can help me out with some of the specific details here if i get any of it wrong just get in touch and let me know but i think um this is kind of the main thrust of what's going on here which is new obligations have been imposed on the department of defense for the fiscal year 2022 and these exact requirements have been listed in a report which has to do basically with the allocation of funding and resources for the u.s intelligence services and the the report is absolutely huge and it contains like a 570 something page uh, 570 something word section specifically to do with uap and essentially the kind of the the main thing about that whole bit is the legislation has been passed for a new department of defense program to officially investigate uap and obviously this is a huge step forward towards getting to the bottom of what's actually going on with ufos and uaps you know and essentially what's happening is they're going to disband the uap task force and replace it with a, a, a permanent department which is going to be its own office within the department of defense and it's essentially just taking it from a temporary uap task force into an actually you know permanent department and the idea is that they're going to have to report every year they're going to have to come up with an annual report which contains a lot of very specific points which i'm going to go into in a minute um now i have seen quite a lot of um people recently saying that you know oh, we don't even need acknowledgement from the government because we know that these things are real and stuff like that and blah 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 but i look at it a slightly different way and obviously you know uh, no no offense to anybody who does think along those lines because i do i understand that 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 point um with it but the way that i look at it is the government should be accountable to the people we know there are uf ufos we know that the government's been covering things up i've just been doing on the podcast um you know a uh, so far a two-part series is going to be another part added onto that all about government cover-ups and trying to get to the bottom of what the government actually know about this stuff and trying to separate the fact from the fiction and really you know get to the bottom of it because at the end of the day i kind of think that unless you've actually seen a ufo yourself 
And even if you've seen something that's quite vague and far away in the distance, it could be a lot of things. It's a UFO, isn't it? It's unidentified. You can't say 100% what the purpose of that thing is. Is it a craft? Is it a, an un, un, you know, an unmanned drone? Is it, you know, we don't have a clue really what what's going on with this. And we need the government to put their resources on behalf of the people of this planet. We need the government to put their resources and the best and the brightest and the best scientists that the the world has into actually finding out what this thing actually is. Even if you even if you assume that you know you're comfortable in, in going with the assumption that these things are extraterrestrial craft, say nuts and bolts of vehicles sent here from another planet, and I totally understand why you would arrive at that conclusion. You know, I'm, I'm not not questioning that in the slightest, especially if you've seen one. Um, you know, and, and you see something with your own eyes that, that you you get that feeling that this is definitely not something of this planet and things like that. Okay, yeah, fine. But even if that's the case, even more so that we need the very best equipment, the very best departments within our intelligence services, our defense, you know, departments within governments of not just america but all world governments we need to hold these people accountable we as the people you know centuries ago set up governments to do excellent work on behalf of the people and that's what i feel has got lost over the last 70 years however long you want to look at it that the government have been covering this stuff up because at the end of the day we're not like you know the ones being bossed around by the government it should be the other way around the government are being bossed around by us every single person who works for the government is a public servant they're there to actually do work on our behalf and the public has got a massive curiosity about this stuff and whether or not you believe that they are craft or whether or not you've still undecided as to whether they are extraterrestrial craft or whatever it might be or even if you're a total skeptic show me the thing that we all want and this is what i go on about a lot on the podcast is the one thing that we've all got in common is we want more information about this stuff so if you already believe that they are extraterrestrial craft surely you want to know where they come from what are they doing why are they here are there different types of craft are there different types of you know non-human races are some of them from this planet in another dimension and some of them from way across the universe who knows and we all want to know more that's why we're even involved in the ufo topic and surely whatever you think of any of those things there this is a huge step forward to actually getting more information you know and when you add that to things like the galileo project uapx all of these other civilian organizations which are outside of the government which are actually pushing to get more information and, and you know data and find out more about this stuff it's a very exciting time to be interested in the ufo topic isn't it so anyway let's get to some of the specifics of what is actually mentioned in this report then because there's a lot of excitement on twitter about this and um me included you know obviously very excited about the whole thing but let's delve into the actual specifics of what's really being said here so first of all it says one establishment and i'm, I'm, I'm reading from the actual text here not later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the Secretary of Defence, in coordination with the Director of National Intelligence, shall establish an office within the Office of the Secretary of Defence to carry out 
on a department-wide basis the mission currently performed by the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force as of the date of the enactment of this act. So essentially, that's what I was saying earlier, we're now seeing an actual UFO office essentially being set up and to look into this thing further, to go into more detail and to do it on a more permanent basis. Absolutely fantastic, that's what we want to see. And then it says, duties, the duties of the office established under subsection A shall include the following. So now it's saying, okay, the office that we've already said that we're going to establish, this is what the duties of that office are going to be. And then going back to the text, so it lists the various duties that the office is going to be undertaking. So number one, developing procedures to synchronize and standardize the collection, reporting and analysis of incidents regarding unidentified aerial phenomena across the Department of Defense. So it absolutely fantastic that's what kind of thing that we want to hear isn't it developing procedures to synchronize and standardize collection so putting things into place to make sure that things are actually being reported on that when there are sightings people aren't you know brushing them under the carpet because of the stigma or anything like that we're talking about real improvements in the way that within department of defense these things are actually reported on and the data is actually collected fantastic that's what we like so next one number two developing processes and procedures to ensure that such incidents from each military department are reported and incorporated in a centralized repository again fairly self-explanatory some of these points so i won't linger on them too long but again absolutely fantastic that's what we want to be hearing we're talking about again making sure that every single military department these incidents have been reported and brought into a central point where all of the data can be collected and analysed. So, three, establishing procedures to require the timely and consistent reporting of such incidents. Kind of same again, but when it says timely there, I would assume that there's going to be more detail actually put into that where any UAP incidents are going to need to be reported within a certain timescale of the event happening. So again, so far, so good. These are the kind of things we want to hear. Number four, evaluating links between unidentified aerial phenomena and adversarial foreign governments, other foreign governments, or non-state actors. Now, the non-state actors bit there is a bit, bit weird. Now, when we say evaluating links between UAP and adversarial foreign governments, other foreign governments so that's fairly self-explanatory what we're talking about there is they, they, they're going to be looking into whether or not say russia or china safe to say that they're adversaries of the american government so russia china or iran or you know even north korea or who knows any of those governments have got some kind of technology that's doing things that we don't understand we, we want to know about it when i say we obviously i'm from the uk this is we're talking about the american government but really you know the uk and the us have got the the special relationship as it's called so when i say we we're talking about us as allies really so adversarial foreign governments is is what i just mentioned other foreign governments so say for example germany germany and uh, necessarily an adversary of um of america but they are another foreign government that is not america so again they're going to be looking into whether or not there's a possibility there that 
a government that's not necessarily hostile to the, the United States or you know to the to the sort of allies um, has got some kind of technology that the the Americans didn't realize that they had or something of that nature and when it says non-state actors that's quite vague um, but I think what that's referring to is I mean you could say that it's referring to the kind of like a lot of different possibilities there non-state actors I suppose technically could mean extraterrestrials or non-human intelligences or something of that nature but it could also just mean private industry how do we know that Elon Musk isn't trying out some kind of crazy, you know, drone technology that uses, you know, I don't know, I don't, who knows, you know, what, what, you know, somebody like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, they could be doing all kinds of, you know, very, very detailed new technologies and they could be testing those things out. I, I mean... It's fairly unlikely, isn't it, really, that if Elon Musk's developing a drone, he's going to be buzzing US warships with it. And you just wouldn't risk doing that, would you? Even if you had some kind of unbelievable technology. So, I mean, whether or not that's likely to actually yield any results, you know, investigating whether or not there are non state actors there who are a private industry who are creating these kind of devices or whatever, a bit debatable. Could non-state actors mean non-human intelligences? I, I guess it technically could, but it's very vague. Uh, the language in this, obviously, is going to be vague in a lot of areas. Anyway, moving on to the next point. So, five, evaluating the threat that such incidents present to the United States. Pretty straightforward. Obviously, if there's some kind of a technology that you didn't really understand before, you're going to want to know what threat that could uh, present to the United States. Six, coordinating with other departments and agencies of the federal government as appropriate now that's big because that means that we're going to actually see departments which perhaps traditionally have not shared information about this particular topic now actually being encouraged or perhaps even forced to actually coordinate together and share information on on this which is what we want and number seven this one for me is huge coordinating with allies and partners of the United States as appropriate to better assess the nature and extent of unidentified aerial phenomena. And that is a pretty big one because that's exactly what Lou Elizondo has been talking about. This is not a United States thing. It's a worldwide phenomena, all that kind of thing. And that, that, that could be huge. Again, it, these are points that basically suggesting that things are going to be done so th this isn't saying that this thing is now happening and right now it's happening but we will see you know presumably in the reports that come out over the following years we'll actually see the results of these points and that's very interesting to think about that there's actually going to be meetings taking place between you know america and, and the uk and all of the plenty of other you know capable countries across europe to actually share information to better understand the nature of uap uh, that that's got to be good obviously it'd be naive to think that these meetings hadn't already taken place to an extent but i i would i would say personally that it's more likely that there have been correspondence between highly secret departments within say the uk and the us on this issue going back decades but it could well be that this is now talking about a more open communication 
at a not as secret level, which is going to be a step in the right direction. So then it moves on to C, annual report. And then it says requirement, not later than the 31st of December 2022 and annually thereafter until December the 31st 2026, the Secretary of Defence shall submit to the appropriate congressional committees a report on unidentified aerial phenomena. Again, this is all good news. We're talking about a yearly report done by this new office of, of UAP, which is going to be uh, submitted to the appropriate congressional committees and that will contain all of the findings or at least a lot of the findings on UAP which is fantastic. Now apparently um, there's been some confusion about this I think as well from what people have been talking about on Twitter. Lou Elizondo actually mentioned on one of those live streams that this annual report is in addition to the current 90 day reports published by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the ODNI, which, as I understand it, is a separate department who will continue to do its 90-day reports. I am a bit unclear on that, and as I say, American politics is is pretty complicated, uh, especially if you've not grown up in America and you don't really understand the nuances like myself. But um, but also, the, there is actually... And, and this is a, a direct quote from the, the Black Vault website, um, which was uh, the, the ODNI actually told the, the Black Vault this particular quote in an email. So, quote, there are no details to offer at this time regarding the format of that update or whether there is an associated public release plan, unquote. So basically the 90-day reports that were due to be released or are due to be uh, compiled and, and, and put together every 90 days, it's unclear as to whether or not they were actually going to be released to the public anyway and it's also unclear whether the report produced annually by the office of uap whatever the actual official name of that's going to be um it's unclear whether or not that report will be made public so it's it's you know it's interesting here that the even if it's not made public, some of these classified reports that that may that may be put together, there's always the possibility of some leaks that that may arise from the classical reports coming out. So, you know, the, the, there was um, when the the UAP task force report was uh, was was shown, the classified version of that was shown. There were a lot of comments and things that, that people made after it, which you can sort of take little tidbits of information from. So even if even if the 90-day reports are classified and the annual report is classified, that we could still see some interesting things come out. So moving on. So there's quite a lot to get through, so I don't want to be talking about any one point for too long at this stage. But um, so it goes on. Elements each report under paragraph one shall include, with respect to the year covered by the report, the following information. So now we're talking about the annual report and what's going to actually be contained within the annual reports that are going to be put together. So a, an analysis of data and intelligence received through reports of unidentified aerial phenomena. Fantastic. So we're talking about an analysis of, of all of the data and the, the what, what can be gathered from the reports that have took place throughout the course of that year. And then B, an analysis of data relating to unidentified aerial phenomena collected through 
One, geospatial intelligence. Two, signals intelligence. Three, human intelligence. And four, measurement and signals intelligence. So we're talking about analysis of any data that's been collected on UAP through all of those that I just mentioned. So we're talking about all kinds of satellite um analysis we're talking about all different types of sensor systems there human intelligence is the actual accounts being given by people's individual sightings again this is all good c then the number of reported incidents of unidentified aerial phenomena over restricted airspace of the united states now that i found quite interesting because they're specifically they're talking about um restricted airspace now Again, this could be wishful thinking a little bit, but is there that possibly talking about the nuclear connection? Maybe, maybe a little bit of a hint that they're aware that there is a nuclear connection. I think it's fairly common knowledge that there is. And if they're specifically looking at reported incidents over the restricted airspace, we could see some more information about any correlations with nuclear facilities and things of that nature. Um, however just to kind of be as realistic as possible about it if it is um you know say adversarial technology such as drone surveillance technology of some type they're obviously going to want to know whether or not that is happening over restricted airspace as well so different ways that you can look at it and as i say the, the wording in some of this is quite vague so um yeah it's, it's, it's important not to get too too lost in the in the rabbit hole on those points so next d an analysis of such incidents identified under subparagraph c so that's just an analysis of what we were talking about just now with any particular incidents that happen over restricted airspace e identification of potential aerospace or other threats posed by unidentified aerial phenomena to the national security of the united states so again pretty self-explanatory there um obviously they're going to want to know about any threats posed to the national security of the united states that has arise as a result of unidentified aerial phenomena f an assessment of any activity regarding unidentified aerial phenomena that can be attributed to one or more adversarial foreign governments so again that's that's making that link there again as to whether or not any of these unidentified aerial phenomena are in fact somehow associated with adversarial foreign governments um and then g identification of any incidents or patterns regarding unidentified aerial phenomena that indicates a potential adversarial foreign government may have achieved a breakthrough aerospace capability so again kind of a lot of points here talking about the possibility of an adversarial government having achieved breakthrough aerospace capabilities the thing is you would reasonably and rationally have to include that because you know, if if you look at this from an outside perspective, really, one of the most likely explanations, at least if you want the wider, you know, amount of people to take this seriously, the one of the more logical explanations would be some some other government has has cracked some kind of new propulsion system, and um, you know the they've managed to create something that the, Amer the the Americans weren't aware of and they're going to want to investigate that first and foremost. You would hope that 
when the first couple of reports come out, we get a lot more clarity on that. I'd say, personally, it's almost certain that at least some UAP are going to be some kind of advanced drones from China or Russia or something like that. I would say that that's fairly likely that at least some are. And if we want to actually get to the truth of this stuff and find out you know, exactly what's going on, we need to rule that option out. And hopefully we'll we'll start to see the actual messaging from the UAP task force seems to suggest that it's highly unlikely that and, and a lot of other people that have come out from behind the scenes like Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon and, and you know you could go on and on and on those guys very strongly don't think that it is an adversary uh, you know a, a foreign government an adversarial government in on the planet earth and you would think that the the the, uh, the the research that's going to be done by this new UAP office would confirm that quite quickly if that turns out to be correct. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But it's worth mentioning that within the body of this text, there is quite a lot of references to potential adversarial technology having been developed. Um, again, personally think it's fairly unlikely, but you know they've they've got to include that haven't they they've got to consider that as an option so then moving on so the next one the next point is an update on the coordination by the united states with allies and partners on efforts to track understand and address unidentified aerial phenomena so that's what i touched on earlier international collaboration efforts there fantastic and that was something that Lou Elizondo has hinted that he really wanted to see and it appears that we are seeing that happen great next point an update on any efforts underway on the ability to capture or exploit discovered unidentified aerial phenomena now I said that one slow because that's a big one now the thing is I don't want to be a party pooper but I don't know if that's an American phrase, party pooper. But you know, I don't want to be uh, bring the bring the, the thing into negativity. Here is is kind of what that's getting at. But I think people are getting a little bit carried away with this point. So this is not necessarily talking about revealing some kind of reverse engineering program. I think a lot of people have read a lot into that little sentence there. Um, I've seen people talking about on Twitter. Again, this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. kind of hope I am wrong, really. But I think people have kind of assumed that that relates to the baiting of UFOs that's been hinted about um, by Lou Elizondo and quite a few other people where governments have the ability to predict UFO incidents or um, to bait them, perhaps using nuclear... Um, technology or a nuclear fleet to actually be able to to bait ufos to to appear in and then and then um you know monitor them and, and gather intelligence on them from there um but I, I don't know it could mean a lot of things that the language could be deliberately vague it could be a bit of wishful thinking um on on our behalf as as people who are fascinated by this topic but capture could just mean capture footage really i mean it's not saying directly that they're talking about actually you know capturing a, a, a you know an alien craft or or even you know an adversarial craft you know if they 
if they do actually suspect adversarial technology, which they seem to do because it's mentioned loads of points throughout this thing, it could mean to capture a drone, you know? It could mean to capture footage of a drone. It could mean to just capture sensor data or you know, radar data on, on a drone to analyze the movement patterns so that they can determine how it's propelling itself. It could be that everything I just said could also apply to a non-human you know, craft, um, which I would love to see, obviously. But it, again, it's important to really to to take things with a, a bit of a, a pinch of salt because you know we 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 kind of don't want to be approaching this from a certain you know pre um pre-decided viewpoint that it is one particular thing we we don't really know um and we do have to remember even if there is knowledge of craft and materials which i think personally it's looking more and more likely that there is you know it is it's very difficult to say for for certain that the government have got this or they've got that unless you've seen it with your own eyes but it's very likely that the the government have something and the thing is though that that is the people who would know about that is most likely a very small list within secret departments and i think this is a very important point so i'm going to stay on this for a minute right so they're not going to just hint at that in a public report at this stage, I don't think. I personally don't think we should get too excited about something like that, much as it's tempting to, because the official line is at the moment, you know, that we've got like no idea about what these things are. In fact, 99% of the government in America probably in the same boat as the public on that. So even the people within secret departments some of them probably don't know the full picture about what this is. We've heard this, you know, it's compartmentalized, difficult one to say. Um, but the fact is, when you look into this, it's most likely that if materials or craft exist, that they're probably in some kind of breakaway, you know, USAP, you know, unacknowledged special access programs, which the vast majority of the government don't know about for plausible deniability and for efficiency reasons you know if you want if think about it if you're the government you're not just going to want to have a program of such importance and such secrecy being regulated and held accountable to the same kinds of regulations and protocols as others you know secret programs this would be a totally different league which would require would require a totally different league of secrecy and it would require a totally different way of just doing things in general and if that's the case which i currently at this point in time believe that it is if this stuff exists which i think is very likely it's going to be in a breakaway unacknowledged special access program which just doesn't appear to the majority of the government and if you believe the wilson davis documents are real which again there's a lot of differing thought on that but that those documents hint very strongly that that's the case that these things are hidden away probably the actual materials themselves are being held in private industry rather than in government itself and the government basically facilitate the research and um, and and things like that and it's certainly not going to be the kind of thing that normal people within government um think 
and I think it's so important that because people and I do it as well sometimes generally like, oh the government know this the government know that the government is a massive organization and really we're talking about probably less than one percent of all of the government you know are even read into this stuff and the ones who are probably a lot of them don't know the whole story and it's a small percentage within a small percentage that actually know what's going on and see the bigger picture you know and you know is this a step closer to finding out some more of that stuff yeah it, it definitely is is it a direct hint at what's contained within these unacknowledged special access programs i think it's quite doubtful I think we know for a fact that there are secret projects which are thinking outside the box, you know, and employing astrophysicists and things to um, look into, you know, possible future propulsion systems. And, you know, they, they could be talking about the possibility of a new atmospheric phenomenon that could be exploited for a new energy source. You know, when it talks about um, the ability to exploit discovered unidentified aerial phenomena, bear in mind there could be all different kinds of unidentified aerial phenomena. Some of them could be non-human intelligence craft. Some of them could just be some kind of electromagnetic anomaly which we don't understand because there's some force or some particle there that we didn't know existed. And they could be talking about trying to find out more about that to create some new propulsion system which i think in itself would be extremely exciting as well this is not to say oh it's probably something really boring like a you know a, some kind of like you know ball lightning or something what happens if 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 we discover some kind of new energy source through one of those things and perhaps the sentence that they're saying there of efforts underway to to exploit discovered unidentified aerial phenomena that in itself could could be some fascinating things even if it's nothing to do with you know non-human craft or whatever but the fact is you know trying to move on from that for now there's a lot going on there and i think it's kind of wishful thinking to assume that they mean roswell wreckage you know uh, I don't think we should jump to the most exciting possibility when we see sentences like that. First of all, it's vague. And second of all, it's just saying that, you know, we need to be updated on what efforts are underway to capture or exploit these things, which we don't know what they are. They're leaving it vague. They're leaving it very open. We'll just have to see if there is any fleshing out of those kind of statements and comments as time goes along. But still, it's super exciting. Anyway, next point, then moving on. An assessment of any health-related effects for individuals that have encountered unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, again, very similar thing to what I was just talking about a second ago with this point. I've seen a lot of people talking about how that means that, um, you know, that particular sentence that I've just said there verifies that, you know, UFOs are definitely alien craft and that they have physical effects on human beings what you've got to bear in mind here is this could mean physical or mental health it doesn't specify you know we all know that people could be seeing something in the sky that really freaks them out and it negatively affects their mental health and negatively affects their ability to carry out the duties um that they're supposed to be doing in the first place and let's not get carried away too much before we actually see how these points get fleshed out with more detail over the coming months I mean, the positive signs 
But I, I don't think you can take a sentence like that and then just assume that that means that, you know, UFOs, um, you know, create burns on the skin because of the propulsion system or something. It, it's just going a little bit too far from a very vague statement. I understand it and it definitely could be something of that nature, but it's it's not exactly you know clear and, and factual to say that that's definitely what it means like i say you've got to bear in mind i was talking about earlier about these unacknowledged special access programs and things like that bear in mind the people who are putting this report together may not even know about the unacknowledged special access programs that's the whole point isn't it you know there's plausible deniability that whole thing of you know if if you don't know about something you can factually say that it, you don't you you have no idea you know let's keep the information to the people who absolutely need to know and then it makes it easier to actually deny that because the vast majority of the people within the government don't know and it could be that the people who uh, have put together this report that I'm reading right now actually do know what's in those usaps but it I think it's probably most likely that the people who are putting together these reports don't know what's in those USAPs and probably don't even know that the USAPs exist because that's the whole point of them, isn't it? They're buried away somewhere outside of the normal, you know, regulatory procedures. So to assume that the person who written, wrote this report is hinting at something of that nature, I don't think is seeing the full picture. But as I say, we'll know more about that as things develop. So moving on then. So last few points now on this. So the task force, not later than the date on which the secretary establishes the office under subsection A, the secretary shall terminate the unidentified aerial phenomenon task force. So as I say, what that's saying there is the UAP task force is going to be gone because it was really only supposed to be a temporary thing. A task force is basically something set up to, um, to look into something in the short term. And the fact that they're setting up an office of of uap office essentially is going to replace the temporary task force with something more permanent and as it stated earlier they've guaranteed that an annual report will be delivered for the next five years and then i imagine what would happen then is that they would either renew that for another five years or longer or whatever or they would if nothing has been found say for example and and they um you know whether or not they've actually found things but they don't let on that they have or whether or not they try and kind of put some kind of smoke screen in place to um do another project blue book type of thing after five years they go well we've looked into it nothing too exciting and then shut the thing down so we guaranteed at least five annual reports and that is going to be you know sem semi-permanent i guess you could say which is replacing the uap task force fantastic i think um, so, and then it says next section definitions in this section the term on a, sorry the term appropriate congressional committees means the following a the committee on armed services the committee on foreign affairs the permanent select committee on intelligence of the house of representatives b the committee on armed services the committee on foreign relations and the select committee on intelligence of the senate and then finishes by saying the term unidentified aerial phenomena means airborne objects witnessed by a pilot or air crew member that are not immediately identifiable 
So again, nothing really too crazy there. It's just saying unidentified error phenomena means, well, it's an unidentified error phenomena. Basically, we don't know what the thing is. So it's just adding that for the purposes of clarity. So there we go. That took a bit of getting through, but I think it was worth doing. Anybody who's interested um, in, in, in that, uh, what's come out over the last few days, hopefully that helps a bit. Helped me a bit to get my head around it all. But uh, moving on from that then, and as I say, it's going to be interesting to see how that side of things actually develops over the coming uh, months and years. So moving on from there, the next point, which has been quite a big thing uh, over the last uh, day or two, is the Reddit UFO footage. Now, I've not had a chance to look into this that much just because there's been so much going on. But first of all, just a quick description of what we're looking at. It's basically, it seems to have been filmed out of the window of an aircraft and it is a very clear looking saucer. It's the kind of like very flat saucer with like a ping pong ball right in the middle type of shape, which I've heard described quite a few times before, which is quite interesting. And basically what happens is uh, it's, it appears to show an aircraft in flight, which I believe has been um, identified by some Reddit users as an F-18 military aircraft. So that's interesting in itself. And apparently uh, what, well, what you actually see in the footage is, is this kind of saucer-shaped thing, which is flying alongside, keeping pace with the aircraft. And then it kind of dips down, changes angle, goes forward in front of underneath the, the wing in the actual footage and then it kind of um, rises up and tilts a little bit. I mean, it's a really, really clear saucer in, in the picture and there is absolutely no doubt that that is, um, you know, like a UFO. You can't say that it's like a cloud or whatever. What you can't determine is whether or not it's real, you know? I mean... Again, it's very important when I'm talking about things like that, I'm not talking about whether or not UFOs in general are real. I'm just talking about this particular footage. And I think it's absolutely essential to know what's real and what's not. If you believe in UFOs, you know, if you believe UFOs are non-human craft, I should say really, because you can't really believe in UFOs or not at this point. That's not even a debate. But if you believe UFOs are... Um, non-human craft we still need to know whether or not a piece of footage is real or fake you know and looking into it is for that purpose alone and it could be cgi i don't know enough about cgi to know whether or not footage like that is possible what the warning signs are but there's a guy called scott brown on twitter and Scott is a, a photography specialist and he, he does a lot of work actually analyzing um you know, film and, and photographs and things to, to see whether or not they're actually fake. And um, Scott has actually posted a um, the hallmarks of a CGI UFO video red flags list in response to, I asked him about that particular clip and I think a couple of other people, Ryan Sprague did as well. Um, and um, Scott has responded with this particular um, hoax alert type of uh, photograph, which I think is very, very helpful to know about. Um, and you, I'm going to go through the points and you can decide uh, whether or not you think it's, uh, it's, it's the real deal. 
if you want to see the footage and you're listening to this, you've not already seen it, I posted a link to it on my Twitter and I think um, Ryan Sprague, somewhere in the skies, Twitter also uh, posted it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting one to watch, whatever you think of it. So the list is, um, number one, the video is short, usually a minute and 30 seconds or under. Well, it is. I think the clip itself is about about a minute long i think there's a there's a, a longer one than a shorter one the initial one i saw was about 20 seconds but there's a full one which is a little bit longer i'm not exactly sure of the time i can't i can't check right this minute but it's a very short clip anyway so unfortunately the first red flag there according to scott's list um you know is is uh, it, that is a red flag and then second one the video starts and ends with the object in frame so that's another red flag that is accurate Three, the object is usually performing some type of activity that's not common in actual anomalous videos. And again, you have to say that that is the case. Um, it's it, you know it's very very clear. It's maneuvering. There's no question, and that's not something that, you, that is very common in in any other anomalous videos that I've seen. Number four, the person who's filming doesn't make a sound or have any reaction to what they're seeing. Again, that actually is the case, but that gets a bit tricky, which I'll go into in a minute. Number five, there's no information with the video, such as who shot it or location and date. Again, that unfortunately is accurate. It's a red flag again there. Number six, if the video is over a populated area like a city, there are no other videos of it and no reports. Not so clear on that one. I don't think you can actually see. I think I think it appears to be over an ocean or something, but you certainly can't say that it's over a populated area. It's not clear from the video itself. And then number seven, the video usually has some type of sensationalistic title. I'm not sure that that one's the case, really. It's, I think it just is entitled UFO filmed from airplane window or something of that nature. So um, not particularly the case there. But if you're going through that list... And I'm not saying that that list is the be all and end all, but it is, you know, an interesting list to bear in mind. Unfortunately, the video does throw up a number of those points as red flags. But having said that, you know, if it's real, it could be an absolute game changer, wouldn't it? We're talking about a very obvious UFO craft. There's nothing that would explain that away. It's definitely not a bird. It's definitely not a drone. It is clearly a flying saucer. If it was real, it would it would be just like a you know complete game changer. It would be the best footage ever taken of a UFO if it's real. And I think many people kind of deep down, you know. It, I think many people, just in the general public outside of the UFO topic, deep down kind of do think that there are aliens and probably, you know, probably deep down think that the American government has got something from Roswell, you know, and is, is, is actually looking into it. But I think most people just focused on day-to-day -day life unless you're really interested in the ufo topic most people just want to go to work come home have the tea you know watch something good on tv and then repeat the process the next day and they've just got no time to devote to you know not everybody is obsessed by finding out about what's going on with ufos like i am and like probably a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are and i think would it really be a game changer 
if this video turned out to be real. And I've, I've heard a few other people talking about this as well. You'd think that it would be, but would it? Because I think a lot of people would either just look at it and go, nah, it's fake. You know, it's too good to be true, you know. And even if it actually was real, you know, a lot of people probably just wouldn't believe that it was because it's just so clear. Or either that or they would go, yeah, well, we know there's aliens and then they just get on with their lives. You know, a lot of people, as I say, I think are instinctively curious about aliens because how could you not be? But it's just hammered into them over and over again that they're never really going to find out what's going on so you might as well forget about it and just focus on other things to do with life you know and i understand that really it does a lot of people don't have the spare time to even devote the brain power to looking into that sort of stuff they've got so much going on you know life's pretty tough you know you're there's always challenges within life and some people just don't want to just go down that path even though deep down they kind of think yeah i mentioned about the uap task force report to a few people that were like you know not necessarily people i'd normally talk to about ufos and they're certainly not on ufo twitter and listening to ufo podcasts like every hour that they get spare you know like i do and like a lot of you guys do but you know i mentioned it to a few people just threw it out there just kind of like you know just tossed it out into a conversation to see what the reaction would be and the surprising number of people were actually like yeah yeah i think there probably is aliens to be honest with you i've known that for years you know they're not necessarily fascinated by the topic but they kind of deep down sort of thing yeah yeah probably are you know and i thought that was quite interesting and i think maybe if this actually was real footage a lot of people are just looking at it and go nah kind of knew that <laughs> you know i never really thought of that as being a possibility but these days with the the way things have gone in the last couple of years and, and having had a few of those conversations with people you can kind of see that now but i think uh andy mcgrillen uh that ufo podcast was talking about this on the uh test test live stream that they did yesterday um and um and andy think got it spot on he was saying basically the way to look at this footage is it's one of those that's probably cgi and it is one of those that that I think most people would dismiss as such, but it could well turn out to be real. You know, the thing is, imagine if we see this footage, everyone's like, yeah, it's fake, it's been around for 10 years, what are you talking about? And then the pilot comes out, and then the Pentagon say, yeah, that's a real clip from a, a longer piece of footage. That's when it becomes like, wow, okay, now we're talking, you know, now we actually see a bit more about the background of this thing. And I find it interesting that even though it was initially uploaded in 2008, it resurfaces now at the exact time when the UFO office is announced and Lou Elizondo has been in San Marino. You know, Lou looks extremely happy at the moment and you have to wonder if he's played a part in bringing this clip into the light. You know, you wouldn't let on perhaps that he did. Or maybe it's not Lou, maybe it's somebody else, you know, a big player in the behind-the-scenes aspect of what's happening with all this stuff. And what it made me think is, could this be a clip of the hallowed 23-minute video that Tom DeLonge and you know, many others have mentioned, where a UFO follows very closely to an aircraft and, you know, monitors the aircraft, scans the aircraft for quite some time. And apparently in that clip the pilot was screaming and, and shocked and, you know, horrified and saying all kinds of things. 
Now, apparently, people on Reddit have edited, have, have looked at the audio track and analysed the audio track for the video. And apparently, it's something like the original audio track has actually been removed and replaced with something else. Now, why would that happen? It's suspicious, isn't it? You could look at that a couple of ways as well. It's You could look at it from the point of view of maybe there was some classified information that was actually in the audio track and that's why it was removed so somebody's leaked it but they've took the classified bit out or is it that it is actually a fake bit of footage and they've took the audio track out sort of for that reason difficult to say I would love this to be a clip of the 23 minute video and this for it to be a real UFO and it's a damn good job if somebody's done a fake but again we'll just have to see what comes out over the course of the uh over the course of the coming weeks i suppose but anyway i think i've rambled on enough for now this has been quite long a bit longer than i anticipated but it's been fun to do so i'm going to leave this one there for now then so thank you very much for listening hope you've enjoyed uh, the episode today as always feel free to get in touch i'm on twitter at ufo thinker so if you've got any thoughts you want to add to the, the conversation about what i've been talking about there it'd be great to hear from you and uh, till next time, stay curious, take it easy, and I'll see you in the next episode. UFO Podcast.